Only two teams remain. Will it be a Stamkos three-peat, or will McKinnon and the Avalanche reach the summit? We'll break down the Stanley Cup final, how they got there, and a little more news along the way, including something that happened in Vegas earlier today. Right now, this is Teal Town Live. And with that, good evening to all of you, all you hockey fans all over the world and in Sharks territory. This is Teal Town Live. This is live interactive hockey prognostication time, I guess you could say. So if you want to be part of the show, here's how you do it. Chat with us and fellow hockey fans all over the world on the page or the app for YouTube. And of course, follow us on the social Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Mr. Ian Reed, how are you? The flow looks beautiful, my friend. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. Um, all things considered, I it's been it's been a really rough couple of days here though cuz like I've been just used to watching hockey every night in June and I know it's almost over and I'm sad. Although it's not like it's it's still like it's not that terrible though, because like the Stanley Cup final is going to go. And then I think on the 20th, the Memorial Cup starts and that's nice. going to be awesome. I mean, so there's still like, it's, you're getting to watch hockey like really late into the summer, considering we got it like all year. It wasn't like last year where like <laughs> hockey started in like January or something <laughs> dumb. Uh, and that's why hockey kind of went into the summer. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be another short off season. I think once we finally get back to normal, hopefully fingers crossed uh next year. Um I don't know how I'm going to deal with next summer, man, because <laughs> like having, you know, having like a couple of months off of hockey as opposed to like four, not bad, I'm not going to lie. No, it, it's um it's been quite nice to kind of just go into mid-October and then you have the end of the regular season in April, and now you're going to have the cup presented no later than the 28th yeah. of June. Uh, so you're going to have a little bit of time here and there to, uh, you know, uh, kind of get a breather before the draft. And spoiler alert, Ian will be on for drafting along with a bunch of others who... who, who yeah, I, when is the draft? That is will July 7th. Uh, if you're not, I'll be before. doing the show from an airplane as I'm headed to London. Well, there we go. So. <laughs> uh, okay. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we so always do. The 7th and 8th for the draft and then free agency on July 13th. And and no, then, no, you know. I'll be home. It'll be fine. What, what do we say? The fake world juniors? In the August. fake world juniors, yeah, the fake world juniors in August. And I was going through, I was going through stuff this summer. Like, you know, it's really not going to be that bad, all things considered, right? Like, no. you got a, you got a fake world juniors, and like, <laughs> I mean, if if you need hockey, there's, it's it's gonna it's gonna go well into like the season where it shouldn't. And if you're like me, like I understand, like probably some people are like, oh man, I just want to like get back to like you know get to baseball and you know football start pretty soon after that and. You know, but if you're like me and hockey's the only thing you watch, this summer is not going to be that bad to to be to go through the withdrawals. So you're not a fan of the CFL? No, I, just, I don't care, man. Oh man, go Rough Riders. That's all I'm going to say. All right, well, let's get to it, shall we? Uh, of course, it's always good to see you, my friend. Um, to recap the conference finals, uh, 
man, after what Edmonton did to Calgary, I thought this was going to be a very interesting series. And how it started off was like, oh, okay. Uh, another another 8-6 um, shootout. But then uh, Colorado, you know. Locked it down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they really locked it down. I mean, what did you take from, from Colorado Edmonton? Um, I took from it that Edmonton plays in the Pacific and the Pacific is ass <laughs> because like, you, the, I, look, I think, I think Edmonton, you know, getting, getting there, I thought I, you know, I, I give them full marks for getting as far as they did. Um, I think that all things considered Leon Dreisaitl not being a hundred percent obviously didn't help anything. Um, and Mike Smith, I don't think he was terrible, but I wouldn't, I don't think he was good either. He had his moments and I think you could say he had his moments in all three rounds to get to where, where they were. Um, but it wasn't consistent. No. And if, I mean, you look at how much, like, again, you, you look at teams that probably you thought would probably be looking for like a goaltending upgrade and, God, you'd think Edmonton is one of them, but then you'd remember that between the two of them, I think they're making like $10 million between him and Miko Koskinen. So, yeah. Who who already said sayonara. <laughs> yeah, who had already who had already basically said, I mean, but the writing was on the wall there, right? Like he was never going to make, he wasn't going to get that kind of a contract. Again. I think his last contract was over like $4.5 million, and he wasn't going to get that ever again. Um, he's probably going to get paid really well to play over in, I don't want to say, what, Sweden? I was either Sweden or, or Switzerland. Switzerland. It's one I think of those it Switzerland. The yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those European countries <laughs> that search for the nest. This is this is the kind of hard hitting journalism you come here for. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like, I think you know Connor McDavid had a hell of a series. I think. Uh, I I really think that Connor McDavid should have shut up a lot of his critics. I think. Um, in these playoffs until after the playoffs. I don't know if we're going to talk about that or not, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think like Connor McDavid should have shut up a lot of his critics. I think showed that he is one of, if not the best player in the world, in, in my opinion. And I've been of that opinion for, for some time. Um, but I think ultimately Colorado was just the better, was just the better team. Yeah. I, I think they had just a little bit more depth defensively um e- even with Kemper out Francis uh you know took his game to a whole new level uh yep yeah and and I you know you know who probably I mean he, he he's gonna get a lot of love but I think a guy who in my opinion like maybe isn't gonna be very many people's con Smythe candidates but like Kale McCarr had a hell of a series oh my gosh he had a hell of a series. I mean, you talk about McDavid, but also Dreisaitl. Uh, I mean, yeah. hell of a both of them. Hell of a run on on their uh, their long on one of what the longest playoff run for for the Oilers since they lost to Carolina in the Cup final uh, in twenty oh six. Now that now they got their playoff experience, I'm like, oh, watch out next year when they if they get in again. So. Uh, so Rangers uh, go down after being up to nothing on Tampa. Uh, Tampa, I think, what was it? Just a little rust. 
that they they had going, and, and and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shoot, wake up call time. Yeah, I think they, I think you know, the rest versus rest thing came into effect where I think that uh, Tampa, even like I, I, even like, like a lot of their interviews after the series, they said they didn't play their best hockey in the first two games, and they and they certainly did it. Um, but again, Tampa, this team again, like there's nothing they haven't seen at this point, right? So. And I said this in the preview too. Like, if you get Tampa down, like you better make sure that they are not breathing and buried and dead in the ground before you start taking a victory lap. Because until this team is dead, they are not dead. Um, if there's if there's a breath left in them, they can they can come back. And I I think after game three, I think they really kind of found their game. Vasilevsky really started to lock things down again. I think Vasilevsky's playing his best hockey that he's played the entire playoffs right now. Um, and you know, they frustrated New York. I think I give New York a hell of a lot of credit. I think New York, you know, had a hell of a run. Um, and I think, yeah, I don't, I I don't think they're, this is a pretender team. Like, I think this is a team that's going to be, um, a team that's going to be a threat to go all the way in the East, uh, going forward. Um, you know, obviously they're going to have to, like every other team in the East, they're going to have to figure out how to slay this lightning dragon, but I think that they are going to be a serious threat going forward. Um, the only thing that I kind of made me concerned and and it kind of, you know, kind of bore fruit here was the Rangers five on five. I think they need to tighten up their game a little bit. I think they do a lot of relying on Shesterkin to bail them out. Yeah. And I thought Shesterkin had a hell of a series. I thought he was I thought he was up to the task. But, you know. Like they like they always say, right? Like your goalie can can make all the saves in the world, but he's not going to score you any goals. Right. And by the end of it, you know, I think, um, you know, Jar Gallant going into Game Six had to try and you know get some offense going, and I don't like the decision to take Kapokako out of the out of the game, but yeah. you know, especially especially with how. That killing was awesome. Ryan Strom was. I think that was an interesting choice to let him go. But I mean, you know, credit to him to want to gut it out and everything. Um, I, I'll give him credit, right? Like, I, I think there's there there gets to be a point where it's like, if you're that hurt, though, are you helping or hurting? Right. And I think, you know, Ryan Strom, like that's that's a roster spot for a guy who couldn't finish the game. And you're telling me a, a guy like Capocaco wouldn't be a better fit in that situation, but. I mean, overall, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they just woke up and they were the better team. Mm-hmm. No, they they all came together. Vasilevsky went on a tear again. Uh, Stamkos with the, the pair of goals to get him into the cup final. Uh, just phenomenal work all around. I mean, I, I think Rangers fans are going to have nightmares of Andre Palat. You know, there, there's yeah. that too. I mean, th- this the Rangers were 20 minutes away from going up 3 nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and they were so close, but you know, it stick taps to them for what they did. You know, mm-hmm. after after Chris Drew did an overhaul with with this team, uh, it got them close. You got a great coach in Gerard Gallant. Yeah, Vegas, look what you did there. Um, but I mean, I think the Rangers are going to be fine. Uh, yeah, I think the Rangers are going to look at last summer when when James Dolan decided to throw a hissy fit and, and you know went into the wrong side of the building and it wasn't the side that said 
you know, <laughs> it wasn't the Knicks side of the building. It was the it was the Rangers side of the building on accident, like and went in and just kind of did his thing. I mean, I pretty openly mocked the Rangers in the offseason right. about how, like, you know, having an owner come in and do that. But I, you know, I give Chris Drury a lot of credit for for doing a lot of the things he did. You know, I again, you know, they brought in they brought in some players that I think um, that turned out that that really worked out for them. I think Ryan Reeves worked out a lot better for them than I expected him to. Um, Barkley Goodrow, you know, I love Barkley Goodrow. Oh, I didn't yeah. like him at that money in term, but oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like maybe, maybe there is something to that, you know, like, yeah, maybe, maybe I was a little off base there. And and it's, <laughs> and it's not because I don't like the player. Right. Like, and that's the thing. I right. Like I love the player. I just thought, well, is that, you know, is that going to be a contract that hurts you down the road? And so far, the 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 return is no, no, no it's not. No, I mean, you're not expecting him to be Panarin, but no, it's, no, you're no, to exactly. be that role player. And it's not like he makes a ton of money. Exactly. I just thought it was, I just thought it was a little bit much for for a player of his role. And I think he plays his role really well. Again, I really like the player. I just, but um, at the time, didn't like the contract. And there's you know a couple moves like that, and you're like, oh, I don't know, um, but. You know, they got a guy like Gerard Gallant in there um, who, you know, look at the kids line was one of the stories of the of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, two of the players on that line in Alexis uh, Lafreniere and Capocacco. I mean, these are guys in the summer that I think a lot of Rangers fans wanted to throw overboard. Uh, Yeah, I think there are a lot of people that were questioning, Okay, um, this this Capococco hasn't worked out too well. Where, mm. Where's Lafreniere to be this mega star that we all expected him to be? You know, you're like, um, so where are these guys supposed to go? And and you heard about, oh, we need to find a bruiser to to yeah, beat up Tom Wilson. Tougher. Yeah, we we got to get tougher because you know, Mark Messier is James Dolan's best friend. He's like, oh, the Rangers are a team that I want to be in an alley with. Well, you know, hockey's not played in an alley. At least NHL teams don't play in an alley. Maybe. Maybe I played in alley growing up, but like, come on, like grab your, I don't know, man. So I think there was, <laughs> I thought, I thought this summer that this was going to be like a super overreaction and toughness. And don't get me wrong. They did bring some sandpaper in. You bring a guy yeah. like Ryan Reeves in, sandpaper, Barkley Goodrow, sandpaper. Um, but they didn't, but they didn't go all in. Like I, like it, they kind of made it sound like they were going to do. They gave the kids a chance to play and improve under Gallant. And I, you know, like I said, I think, um, I think this Rangers team is going to be going to be a threat for a long time, as long as they can figure out like everyone else in the East, how they're going to slay this Tampa Bay dragon. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, especially in, in that Atlantic division, my goodness. I mean, we, we saw how tight it was and, and overall the, the Eastern conference, I mean, what all of them hit a hundred points. So nothing to, you know, only one of them is going to get, get to play in the final. And, and they played it. They they had a heck of a run too. So yeah, and according to Twitter, I mean, you want to you, to even go one further in the East. I mean, Toronto has had one of the best hypothetical runs in the history of Stanley Cup playoffs. So <laughs> I, I mean, is, let, let's put it this way: Is Toronto media saying that if if Tampa wins the Cup, it makes up for losing? We lost to the Stanley Cup champions. Well, I mean, yeah, like, you know, and that, that's it's it's funny how things how how quickly like the narrative changes. Right. Like for 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 
for how much everyone crapped on the Montreal Canadiens last year, and justifiably so, if we're all being honest with ourselves, justifiably sure. so. It's amazing how the narrative has completely turned now <laughs> to being, you know, teams that are either that are in the Stanley Cup final or won the Stanley Cup final. I don't know. Um, yeah, and just like a tiger in the chat too, another player that was really stood out um, on the Rangers before we move on to predictions here, uh, Keandre Miller had a hell of a playoff too. Oh, yeah. Um, Keandre Miller... When he was drafted, this is a guy I really, really liked. But I thought, like when he came, when he was drafted, I thought this guy was incredibly raw, and it was going to be interesting to see. He was going to be one of those picks that was going to be like boomer bust because he's either going to put it all together, or he'd just, you know, he'd have all this raw ability. And if he couldn't put it together, then that doesn't really help you. But man, he has put it together, and he's become a hell of a player. Yeah, no, he he looks fantastic. He's going to be. Uh, um, I, I, to me, he's going to be a superstar very soon. So, uh, Mart, Marty, y- you wish are the background teams the ones you guys are rooting for individually cheering for? We're getting there. Don't worry. We'll get there. We're we're, we're, we're going to get to that right about now. So, with that, oh well, let, let me one more thing. Now, mm-hmm. Oilers in telling uh, Duncan Keith and Mike Smith to have a decision by July first if they're returning. Um. Yeah, I mean, look at... You need to know. I mean, yeah, they need to know. I mean, look at... Um, let me bring up ye old cap friendly here. <laughs> ye old cap friendly. You got so... You, you have dollars you got to figure out. Um, right. And you also need to get a goaltender. Let's be yeah. honest here. Now now that Koskinen's already... You know, he's like, I'm not even going to wait for the Stanley Cup final to start. I'm already gone. Okay, so I, I, I earlier in the show, because again, this is the kind of hard hitting accurate journalism you asked for, I said Edmonton's goaltender was, was like ten million dollars. It's not. It Mike Smith only makes two point two million. But still, I mean, obviously if if Mike Smith is gonna call it a career, you'd wanna know. Although that I'd be really mad at Mike Smith if I signed him. Ken Holland's such an idiot. So <laughs> but I mean he is, right? Because right. like if if Mike Smith retires, like that's a 35 plus contract. If he retires, you've just added 2.2 million to your $3.4 million of dead cap. Are they one of the teams that's over? No, they have, but they have dead cap because they have two bio history. They have, oh. well, they have retained cap from Milan Lucic for next year at about 750 K. And then you're still playing the James Neal buyout, uh, almost 2 million there and Sakara's buyout 1.5 million next year. So you'd add 2.2 yeah. million to $3.4 million of dead cap. Ooh. Like how does Ken Holland, like look at, I give the Oilers all the credit in the world, but like they did it in spite of Ken Holland. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there were so many things. And like you said earlier, goaltending should have been taken care of in the off season. Hell at the trade deadline to, to get some support to not have, Miko Koskinen give up six goals in game one against Calgary after you pull, you know, Mike Smith or yeah. game one against, you know, the Avalanche. Now, if Duncan Keith retires, that would free up about $5.5 million in cap space. So what you're saying, Timo Meyer and James Reimer to Edmonton for Connor McDavid. I love it. Th- great idea. Ian. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, so let's get to the cup final right now. Uh, the schedule is out, so there's and they're going to move quickly. Usually, there there are a bunch of two day gaps uh, in oh, here. Yeah, screw that, man! But, no one needs, no one wants that. So just game one is is Wednesday, 
Uh, and then they have the two, their only two-day gap, and that's kind to accommodate with what ABC has for the NBA Finals. Fair enough. Uh, so Saturday is Game Two, uh, and and then you go back to Tampa for the next two. In the you know beginning of the week, Game Five if necessary on the twenty fourth, and so on and so forth. And at the worst case scenario, or or maybe the best case scenario for for hockey fans, Game Seven would be on June twenty eighth here. So uh, let's get into it, shall we? So you have a couple of veterans in Tampa, Corey Perry playing his third straight cup final with a different team you have Patrick Maroon who's won 15 straight playoff series uh, which is just absolutely ridiculous uh but they're not really the the thing I was uh, going after it this one's going to be like Stamkos Kucherov Braden Point is a possibility for game one yep most likely game two but then you have Colorado coming back with Landeskog, Rantanen, McKinnon. Uh, will Kadri be back in this series? Now that becomes a, a speculation. Um, and overall, it is skill versus skill. And uh, this could be this could be the ratings juggernaut the NHL is absolutely needed. Um, what's what what do you what do you take? I hope it is. Like I really hope this is a series. I don't like again because I think like every time we think we're getting a series, it turns out dead. Yeah, yeah. Like we like Battle of Alberta it was it was just okay. Yeah. Edmonton, Colorado. I thought, man, inject that shit into my veins. It was a four game sweep. Yep. Right. Like I don't know. I just I'm just hoping that we finally get a series that kind of lives up to the, to the billing. Cause every time we've, we thought, Oh man, this is going to be the series of the playoffs. It's been bad. It's, it's kind of been like in the other one too. Uh, Florida, Tampa Bay. We thought, Ooh, Ooh extra yeah. side piece battle of Florida. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, that was a four game sweep. Yep. Um, I'm gonna have you put. You're gonna. This is gonna be a theme here for for the show tonight. You are a GM of the 33rd hockey team in the NHL. Okay. Um. You have to pick one one of the defensemen, Kale McCarr, or Victor Hedman. Kale McCarr is younger, and he's better. I think. And he's better, even offensively, huh? I think Kim McCarr is a better defense. I think Victor Hedman gets – look at I, <laughs> I like Victor Hedman, all right? I really do. But Victor Hedman has gotten to the point now where where his just his name wins Norris. Norris is just by reputation. Remember remember the year – remember the year that Evgeny Nabokov was just lights out, got nominated to Vesna? Yeah. And then who did he lose it to? Martin oh, Broder. Yep. Because he was Martin Broder. Of course. Right? No, but but that's what I mean. Like, I feel like Victor Hedman's gotten to the point now where I think, look, he's a very, 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 very good defenseman. I like Victor Hedman a lot, but I think that his reputation is maybe bigger than he currently is. Does that make sense? That that makes sense. I, I get you. You know, and, and like Marty T is is saying in there Hedman's kind of made out of glass he's had some injury issues during the playoffs and and that's the other thing too Tampa mm-hmm. while they are a juggernaut you're 
you're welcome, Chris Johnson, for stealing that. Um, I, I mean, you're you're playing in what an extra sixty games uh, over these last three years for some of these guys. Um, you know, you, you wonder how how okay Braden Point is. You yeah, know, and everybody's got bru- you know. Injuries oh, right I mean, now. people. Everyone's banged up, man. It's the Stanley Cup final. You ever like these guys have both been through, these both teams have been through wars, like absolute wars to get here. Grant, granted, they they both have had a sweep in their in in the series, and Colorado has True. too. But but Colorado, like I'm, I need to go back and look. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I mean, look at Colorado has has had to beat some teams to get here, right? I mean, obviously they they swept Nashville, right? Right. But then they had to play St. Louis. Like that's playing St. Louis sucks. Yeah, that wasn't easy. You get no, them in six. That, sure, and but St. Louis plays heavy, heavy hockey. You don't get out of a series with St. Louis unscathed. Very good point. You know, it, it's kind of like what the Sharks dealt with with Vegas in that one playoff series that we yeah. try not to mention. Uh, Tampa, you know, Tampa. I think you know. The best, the best playoff series so far might have been their first round series. Yeah, and, and races fan rocks for absolutely saying that the best series this year has been Tampa Toronto. Yeah, um, you know, and then again, like six games with the Rangers. I, the, you know, the Rangers have some guys that'll grind you down. You don't get to the Stanley Cup unscathed. No, you. That's where your depth needs to come in. That's where like, absolutely like the likes of Perry. And, and maroon among other guys for colorado i mean we talk about the big guys ranton and mckinnon landeskog but kadri's been lights out when he's not getting elbows thrown at him yeah but i mean is he even gonna play that's the that's know. the big catch but i mean death wise i mean it's still a strong squad over there yeah yeah for sure i mean they're, they're both good teams like i i don't think like i don't think this is I don't think either team has an advantage injury-wise. I don't think. It depends on how quick Kadri comes back, if if he comes back, right? And same with Braden Point. What what state is Braden Point going to be in when he comes back into right. the lineup? Right. Is he going to be 100%? No, of course not. If you're 100%, you probably haven't been playing, you know. Um, right. The... Yeah, you're a, if you're 100%, you're a black ace. Let's be honest. <laughs> and even then, you've probably played in the AHL playoffs uh, for your team as well now the big question is goaltending i mean kemper is back so i assume he's starting game one um but pavel Francouz, you know six and oh in these playoffs he's played dynamite he's played he had a couple of shutouts i mean not bad for a guy who who's your backup goaltender going up against probably arguably one of the best goaltenders in the world right now in andre vasilevsky yeah. Um, look at yeah. Credit to Francis because when when we were in the Discord when when uh, when they lost their starter and Francis had to go in, I was like, they're done. The Avalanche are done. Oilers, Lightning, Stanley Cup, it's over. My bracket's done. Um, and you know, Francis to his credit was, I thought, great. Uh, yeah. You know, he he answered the bell. Um, so I mean, it's nice to know that regardless, 
you know, and honestly, I think he's been like I Kemper has been a real mixed bag these playoffs, in my opinion. But he's also dealt like, with some health issues, too. Yeah, for sure. Yep, definitely. That's definitely true. I think I think he's been a mixed bag, though. But it's nice to know that if you're on Colorado, if they have to throw Franzos in net after that Edmonton series, you're like, mm-hmm. cool. Like, it's, it's not going to phase them. And I think that <laughs> is a nice feather to have in your hat. Um, whereas, obviously, the Lightning, doesn't matter who their backup is, they're going to live and die with Vasilevsky. Right. I mean, who who is their backup? Ryan Elliott? Is that who it is? Yeah. I want to say yes. So. I, I want to say yes. Does Tampa have? I don't know. I just yes. <laughs> yes. For, for, forget the backup goaltender. They're going to go twelve skaters, eight, uh, seven defensemen. They're just going to have that extra defenseman just in case. Yeah. Um. I, I believe it is Brian. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, overall, I think offensively, and the forwards, they're they're pretty even defensively. I think you give a slight edge to maybe Colorado, but then again, it's tough to, to say Hedman and Circuitship. Oh, I mean, I, I think if, yeah. if, if if Samuel Gerard was in this series, I think you'd give more of an edge to Colorado, but... Mm, yeah. Oh, man. That's, I, I don't know who I'd give the edge to, honestly, on, on the on the, on the the I feel like Tampa's probably deeper on the blue line, I think, but Colorado's... Oh, I can't even say that. Their big guns are bigger. Yeah, I mean, this is why this Oof. series is going to be. It's going to be, yeah. This uh, is we be hope fun. it's going to be fun and epic for sure. Uh, so, getting back to that schedule, that means game one will start Wednesday night. All these games, if you're out here in the West Coast, it's 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. where you, if you're in in Ian's land, 2 p.m. if you're Ryan sitting on the beaches of Hawaii. You lucky brat. Uh, so, uh, we'll, let's get, should, should we wait for prognostications now or should we just knock them out right now? Let's do it. All right. So our picks, so AJ picked the abs in six, Kevin, who actually predicted the series, uh, before the beginning of the year is, is playing Switzerland. He, he says there's going to be, it could be either one. I think he said abs in seven and Tampa in six, Ryan, you know, sipping from from uh, macadamia nuts and pineapple juice. Uh, s- seven games. You can't tell him just that he's in Hawaii, can you? Uh, no, I'm, you live in California. What the hell's the play? No, poor you. <laughs> no. Fuck. <laughs> Al, Al picked the lightning in six. Mark picked the, the avalanche on seven. And the rest of our crew is on vacation somewhere. So, all right, my friend. Let's get let's get your uh, lotto numbers ready here because uh, it's time to play prognostication time, and boy howdy is this a tough one to call. Uh, pick pick the team that's hoisting the cup. How many games, and who's your Conn Smythe Trophy winner? Okay, um, so I am going to stick with my bracket because I've done it pretty much these entire playoffs, and for the most part, it's worked out. I think of all the series so far, I have gotten two incorrect. I got the St. Louis Minnesota series wrong, and then I got the Calgary Edmonton series wrong. Other than that, it's been pretty clear sailing. Um, so I'm going to stick with my bracket. I have the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. Do I say that with a ton of confidence? No, <laughs> no, I do not. Um, generally, when it comes to series, my usual 
method of picking is usually always comes down to goaltending. And to me, goaltending is very, very much in Tampa Bay's like by 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 a significant margin. I think Vasilevsky is the better goalie by significant leaps and bounds. Um, so am I confident that Colorado wins the series? No. However, I'm going to take the Avalanche, and I'm going to take them in six games, although I think that, gosh, I feel like if you want to win this Tampa, if you have to beat this Tampa team, like I wonder if you need to do it in like five, mm-hmm. if you need to just blitz them and just never. I think if I think the longer the series goes, it probably favors Tampa. But that being said, I'm still going to stick with Colorado in six. Colorado in six. My Con Smythe winner, I would go Kale McCarr. Okay. But I think there's definitely, you could make arguments for other players as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been t- dealing with this all day. It's like, how the heck do you pick it? By the way, Hockey Jerk, hey, bud. Good to see you in the chat. Bolts in six. Thank you, good sir. Appreciate it. Uh, man, I mean, it's tough. And it's tough to go against the back-to-back defending uh, Stanley Cup champions, hoping to become, uh, what, the first team since the Islanders in the early 80s to, to win th- at least three straight. Yeah, I mean, no one's no one's won three straight in, in the Cap era. I mean, yeah. that's that in itself is, is a feat. Yeah, I mean, and unreal. And as we all know, and it's been documented, Vasilevsky has only lost one game. You know, one time he's lost back-to-back games. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, again, that's why if it wasn't for Vasilevsky, I'd I'd be a little more comfortable with my Colorado picks. I think Colorado is a hell of a hell of a team. Yeah, hell of a team. Yeah, uh, it's ugh, man. Ah, I, I'm gonna go and say, as much as I am, you know, I'll, I'll say this one thing. I I will say. Game seven, overtime. I think we're going to finally get a Game 7 overtime for the Stanley Cup, and that will be the absolute chef's kiss to this playoff series. And it'll be Colorado winning it. Andrew Cogliano gets a cup. Uh, he'll be in seven games in overtime. My my MVP, I, I do like Kale McCarr. I think McKinnon's going to go off. I, I yeah. just think McKinnon's going to go off. Uh, Milk Shark, I, I like it. I would love Cogs to get the the cup winning goal. <laughs> oh man, you know. Uh, <laughs> so we'll see. So we're both picking Colorado very hesitantly. Uh, we're, we're not going to do it like Kevin, who he's picked both. So uh, so there goes that. Uh, <laughs> for the Stanley Cup Finals. So that begins Wednesday. Hope you can uh, do it. We're still tinkering whether or not we'll do Stanley Cup after dark. I don't know. We'll see. Just uh, make sure, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button down below. Hit that notification bell to notify you when we do go on. And you will see me with somebody, me by myself. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a live stream during the Cup Final. So, yes, I'm, I'm no Steve's angle. But you know what? Why not? All right. So let's get to some of the news going on here in the NHL. And, and of course, as I was writing down some of the rundown, Ian, uh, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, where the hell are all the coaching vacancies? You know, they haven't even started filling. And sure enough, what, two hours beforehand, Vegas uh, names 
Bruce Cassidy as their head coach. That's hilarious because um, <laughs> because it's funny that funny that you mentioned that because today I was off today, so I've been doing a lot of work trying to get um, just basically I have like little show skeletons for future tilted and glasses shows and nice. one of the informations like the one that the, the one that i was working on was about the vegas golden knights and i'm like just as i type oh yeah vegas still gotta figure out who their coach is gonna be blah 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 blah, blah. and then i look <laughs> over at my twitter feed and then it's like bruce cassidy hired as the new coach of the golden knights i'm like oh well guess i'll change that so the teal tinted glasses um i don't want to say curse but but the irony of the teal tinted glasses with coaches still lives on, and he it, still didn't it lives do a show. On without, I didn't. I didn't even have to do a show. I just had to like put a future show, kind of the skeleton of a future show, together. Oh, man. And boom, Bruce Cassidy, head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. I think it fits. Um. Yeah. So Bruce Cassidy is an interesting one for me because I think that he is not your, he is not a players' coach. Right. So I think there's a lot of people going, well, why why would Boston get rid of this guy, especially after um, they apparently told him he was safe? And now, I again, I'm I'm not an insider for the team that I cover. So I'm sure as fuck not an insider for the Boston Bruins. But based on like I have a theory based on just some of the scuttlebutt and some of the stuff that I've read, I have to wonder if. Bruce Cassidy, as good as a coach as he is, and I really like this hire for Vegas, and I'll get into that in a second, but I wonder if they told him he was safe and then they did exit interviews and enough players said, no, I'm done with this fucker. That's and that's why they that's why they changed course. Because I think if you look at some, like, and again, this is all scuttle, but I don't know anything. I am not an insider. I am not, you know, I'm just, again, speculation. I would like to think intelligent speculation based on things that I've read, you know, just following along, uh, following along. And I, I, I wonder, you know, if you look at guys like, you know, um, like Jake DeBrusque asked for a trade and I, and I've heard that Cassidy is really hard and really chafes with younger players. Now, um, you know, so when people were like, Oh, I hope the sharks fire Bob Bugner and bring in Bruce Cassidy, just like, why? Like, I mean, I guess if, I guess it would be better to chafe with younger players than just not play them at all. I mean, that would probably be an improvement, <laughs> but just, just one level up, you know? But I think that I just I just wonder if it's a situation where maybe he just, you know, because he is a hard guy to play for. And I wonder if he just lost the room. And I wonder if in it, I wonder if in exit interviews, enough guys came out and said, oh, I'm done with this dude. Do you wonder if they're like on the verge of making like massive changes depending on what Bergeron does? Because it just seems it just it just it just hear the rumors about Pasternak, you know, Marchand's going to be out for you know, yeah, at least till January. That's another thing too, and I wonder if the the because of the injury situation, because of guys like Pasternak, who's I can't believe how young Pasternak is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like Pasternak's been in the league since like I was born. Um, but no, no, he's only twenty seven. Um, yeah, I think with guys like Pasternak and and like. Be, you know, Marshan being injured, not knowing what they're doing there. Like, I, I think there's obviously they're going to have to inject some youth into the lineup. Plus, they're cap strapped this offseason. Um, like next year, I think next year they're going to get a bunch of cap relief. But this season, they don't have a lot to work with. 
Um, so depending on what's going to happen, you know, with Bergeron, Marchand being injured, is Bergeron coming back? Is he going to retire? Is he going to go somewhere else? You know, I wonder if that's the other thing I wonder is if, if, if it is true that he, that he did chafe with young players a lot. Um, and they know that a lot of young players are coming in. I wonder if that's why they felt, you know, maybe that's the reason they felt to go in a different direction. Again, I don't know anything. I'm just trying to gleam from things that from impressions I've got from things I've read on Twitter articles, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, it's, it's, it's definitely, it's going to be interesting. Um, Boston, they're, they're fascinating. They don't, they don't have a ton to do this off season. Like I thought, you know, obviously Bergeron's a big thing and Mitch Marchand being hurt and stuff like that. I think they're, they're going to be an interesting team this off season, a lot more interesting than I thought they would be at first glance, but I don't know how much they can really do. That's the tricky part. Yeah, that that might. Yeah, and I see like Tiger saying Boston might try a Sharks retool. Um, they have. They don't really have a choice. That's the thing with with Boston is they don't really have a choice. Like they have to kind of ride this out for one more year, and then next summer is when they can really start taking a chisel. And but I, I mean, the, this idea of trading Pasternak though is just insane to me. Unless he absolutely wants out, like I don't. I don't know why you do that. If you do that, you should just take a stick of dynamite and throw it into the whole thing. <laughs> it, it, that will be interesting. And I see like a tiger saying it's a retreads league, baby. Uh, I, it most certainly is. You know, yeah. I don't know. But as for Bruce Cassidy on Vegas, I think it's a great fit. And I hate how much I like this fit. For yeah. Vegas. It's, it's Vegas, right? Like obviously as a sharks fan, this is the worst. This is awful. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been Barry Trotz, which I think would have been, which could have been worse. But I think Bruce Cassidy, again, hard guy to play for. But I think that's what that team needs right now. They need a guy that's going to come in and, you know, kick everyone in the ass and, uh, you know, and kind of get everyone pulling the rope the same way again. Because I don't I wonder how Vegas, you know, look at again, Vegas went into the season they were going to try to use the long-term injured reserve. So like the fact that after the season they came out and they're like, Oh, but we were injured. Like that was your whole plan. You fucking idiots. Yeah. Like don't, don't cry. <laughs> injuries. That was your whole plan going into the season. Precisely. You can't, you can't cry about injuries when your whole game plan was, you know, abuse, like bend the, the rules on LTR as far as they will go. It's like Tampa did um, it. So we can do it too. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. I like this for Vegas. I think it's a good hire for them. I think they're going to be, if they can figure out their cap situation this summer, again, another fascinating team to see what they're going to do and who has to get thrown overboard. But I think that Bruce Cassidy will squeeze everything he can out of whatever team that Vegas Golden Knights team puts on the ice next year. And look at, I, it's going to be a good team. It's going to be a good team. It's going to be an interesting team. How hungry are they going to be? You know? I think I, there's going to be – they have to. I mean, th- this owner – this ownership, you know, this ownership doesn't screw around. This is this is year six. They said they wanted to win the cup in their sixth year, by their sixth year. So this one's going to be interesting. Uh, it'll be – there's like – well, they're they're in cap hell. There's no way they're gonna get out of this. You just there's something, you know. It's not like yeah, but that seems still like as long as they can fill in with depth. 
you know, it's it's the depth that's going to be interesting, mm-hmm. right? Like, obviously, as long as they're not playing with, like, 13 forwards every night, <laughs> they'll be fine. <laughs> All right, so Vegas gets Bruce Cassidy, but there's still a bunch of others out there. Uh, yeah. D- you know, Cassidy was linked to, according to Elliot Friedman, you know, Vegas, Dallas, Detroit, Philly, Winnipeg. I'm uh, outside of... Dallas, those are like numbers of Barry Trotz. There's been talk mm-hmm. about because he's from Manitoba. You know, Philly would be a good fit. Obviously, Detroit could also be in it. Um, you know, Jim Montgomery, former Shark, former head coach of the Stars before he, he stepped down. He's getting looks at from Winnipeg and Boston. I've heard Jay Leach, another former Shark. And good for him. Like, if he, if Jim Montgomery has got his life together to I, the point he can, so. where he can coach again, I mean, good for him. And, and, and he's getting the calls, too, which is, which yeah, is nice. Which, which is he, good, right? Like, uh, hopefully, like I said, the, the man has his demons. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he's got his demons. If his demons are under control and he can... And he can do it. Like I think he absolutely deserves another kick at the can. Uh, for Philly, Torts, Rocket, or Rick Tockett. Uh, who else? I mean, Trotz. Peter DeBoer. I think I've heard for Philly too. Really? Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Oh boy, that, that I don't know about that one. Sorry, Carter Hart. Martin Jones is going to start all the games. <laughs> Ian's hair should be worried, very, very worried. Um, but I, I mean, now that this one, this one domino has fallen, do you just think that there's just going to be more coming now in the next couple of days during the Cup final? Because it just seems. I weird. think it might quiet down for the Cup final because the NHL hates when people do stuff during the Cup final. Like I think Bruce Cassidy getting announced today before the series starts. I think once tomorrow starts, I think it's going to get really quiet on that front again. Um, and then cause the NHL doesn't like when teams start announcing this stuff. I, I'm, I'm just curious when, when Pete DeBoer is named the head coach of the Dallas stars and all of a sudden people are going, Oh, you're going to trade, got to trade Brent Burns over there. Now you can be with his buddy, God, Joe Pavelski to re- rekindle that. Oh yeah. But to get the band together in a different city, you know, <laughs> you know, and Klingberg, there's your Forget exit. the fact that the average age of the band is like 39. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's going to be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, does it? Let, let me ask. Does it? Is it? Is it regrettable that the Sharks don't have a GM to go out and find one of these coaches? Because I mean, this is probably no. The, because you have to fire a coach first. Like well, as yeah. much as I hate Bob Bugner, Bob Bugner still the coach of this team. Like I, I don't. Is it regrettable? Maybe, but like, look at, look at all the vacancies. Yeah. How, how where does San Jose rank on the appeal meter for all these vacancies? Like, are you, you're not gonna get Barry Trotz to come into San Jose to coach this team that is still in shambles? And for at least look at maybe maybe smarter hockey people than me can see it, but I don't look at this team and go, yeah, you know, there's a couple pieces and they're they're Stanley Cup contenders again. Like, no, this team is on the, you know, this team's on the downswing, not the upswing. Like, you know, like I think if you like look at Detroit, I think would be an interesting one to go to because you're hoping that Iserman's going to continue working as magic and, you know, you're going to suffer through some some rough times, but then you're going to get back into it. Yeah. Right. Like I think in San Jose, you don't even have that. Yeah. 
No, you are starting with the the bare bones and Tigers like Like there's there's some, like don't get me wrong, like I'm excited about a lot of the players that are gonna come into the system next year. Mm-hmm. But you know, but let's not pretend like this team is, you know, like those guys are just going to go to the Barracuda for a little bit, come up and, Oh, San Jose is a Stanley cup contender again. Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. And of course the GM will want to have that say in there. So it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of unfortunate that it's going to happen. Uh, but at the same time, Bob, you, this is your chance. This is probably your last chance to, to knock it out of the park, but it's tough to, do that with the roster that you currently have. I think, look, and if you're the new GM too, like if you come into San Jose as the new GM, I'm not firing the coach right away. Look at, I, I am look at, I want to make something very clear here. I do not like Bob Bugner <laughs> as a head coach. All right. This is not me defending the virtues of Bob Bugner as a coach. If you've been around here for a while, you know that Bob Bugner is possibly the least favorite coach we've ever had in my whole time doing this show, which is a long time now. Yeah. We've had a few coaches. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, th- that disclaimer aside, if you're the new GM, like you've, you've got a few freebie bullets in your gun. Firing the coach is one of them. Are you going to use that right away? I think you get, I think you like, like who is it? Who wants to come to the scapegoat? Uh, become a scapegoat? You know, it's. I think you give him a chance, but if it just gets ugly early, I not who knows. Yeah, if it gets ugly early, you fire him, and then everyone pats you on the back for doing it, <laughs> and you're still the good guy. Like you still have time to to become you you know hated by the fan base. I would fire Bob Bugner tomorrow, but I understand them waiting for a new GM to come in. And I right. think, look at like at this point, man, it's just, it's patience. I understand that in this day and age when we can have, you know, any information we want at our fingertips at any time we want, we want everything to happen right fucking now. I understand people being like, how is Bob Bugner still the coach? I get it. I don't want to be here either, but let's let this process play out. See where it goes. And that's, I think, I think everybody's just like waiting for that other shoe to drop. It's like, okay, you, you started off with like 30 to 40 candidates for the Sharks GM position. Now it's reportedly, according to Elliot Freeman, the three to five. You had Pierre Lebrun mentioning that there were interviews with four to six people. We've heard Shang Peng say that only one of the, inter, one of the teams or one of the uh, candidates has GM experience. Um, and then, of course, we heard from a source saying you shouldn't believe everything yet. Uh, and the candidate that I hope that's out there, Matthew Darsh, mm-hmm. former former Shark, former Worcester Shark, uh, with with Tampa, the, the AGM in Tampa. Um, I, I think you know he's still busy with the Lightning right now. Yeah, it's interesting because usually when you know usually you don't get to talk to these people while they're still playing. Maybe maybe they have. I don't know. And that's the thing. I don't know, man. I'm telling you right now, like the sharks for better or worse, like you're, you're, you, you will have an easier time trying to figure out the recipe for Coca-Cola than (laughs) actual information from this franchise. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm so like, there's so much speculation and like some, like look at some of the names that have come out have been super underwhelming to me. 
I'm at the point now where I'm like, just tell me who the GM is and then I'll analyze it then. <laughs> like, I just, I not playing this. Oh, maybe it's this guy. Maybe it's that guy. Well, this person said, like, I just don't care. It, like, we've gotten so little real information about this process that I just, I don't care. Just tell me when it's over. Yeah. It, not going to lie. AJ and I were supposed to start to sing the, um, the, the, uh, I don't want to say the, uh, demolition of the of the uh excuse me can't say jumbotron center hung scoreboard at the shark tank uh earlier this week and i was like oh hey is uh you know becker available we can kind of get get anything out of him i mean um like you know as much as you guys all know ray whitney's my boy for all years he's been in san jose in the nhl i'm not sold on him my career everybody talks about well you know the family has GM. At least Mike Greer's doing something in hockey ops. Like I don't mind. Like I don't hate that name, right? Like, like again, there's some names that that have been in there, and I'm like, oh, that could be interesting, right? I heard like um, another name that I thought was really interesting was I think it was Megan Shaika, yeah, who runs, uh, you know, who runs a really successful analytics company. And I know some people are oh, analytics, fuck that. But like, I thought that was an interesting pull for uh, for a gm candidate like i i don't i don't hate that no. right like um ray whitney i look man I, he's in player safety he doesn't really hasn't had any front office experience i i don't want a guy coming in who's never been in the front office because for two reasons one you want somebody to come in with you know enough knowledge to hit the ground running right two i don't want to sit here every show going forward until like when the sharks are bad and being like, Oh, this guy has no experience. He's just a puppet for Joe. Will. like, I don't want to read that. No, for fucking, I, I, every chat, every time the sharks lose. Yeah. Oh, this GM's just a puppet for Joe. Will, and it's the Illuminati running the team. Like, yeah, that's the last thing I think anybody <laughs> wants, especially after the last few years. Uh, if it to be a, a Joe will puppet, um, I just, I like, I just, it drives me crazy, right? Because if Joe Will wanted the job, he'd have the job. Trust me. Right. If Joe Will wanted this job, he would be the GM, and that would be it. Yeah. He doesn't want it. He's not looking for someone to puppet master. <laughs> I, I know, it's much easier to be angry at the team when, when it's the nefarious Illuminati of front office people <laughs> really pulling the strings, but, I don't know, man. All right. Before we go, well, since I got you all riled up. I just, you were just named Sharks GM. What's your first move? Firing Papu. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. I didn't know you hear that. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, yeah, I'd fire Bob Boogner. Um And then I'd trade Brent Burns. Okay. All right. And I'd start, you know. Um, yeah, I'd probably trade Brent Burns because, yeah, it's going to make my team crappier to begin with, but I still think you could get a decent return out of him. Um, even if you have to retain a little cap, like I would start, I would start really, you know, it's, it's time to start getting rid of the, the, the legacy veterans that, um, you know, you ride another year of last six career and then you buy him the fuck out. Um, you know, and then you hope that all these kids that Doug Wilson Jr. is bringing in, um, come and, and start forming the next wave of this team. You've Tomas hurdles here. So you start, you know, that's, you're going to start building around, you know, guys with like Tomas Hurdle being the guy at the helm. Yep. You know, um, I think you 
probably keep Couture because I still think, you know, the, the problem with getting rid of your centers is you need them. Right. Um, so I think Couture would stay. I would trade Brent Burns. Um, I would fire Bob Bugner. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, look at, I mean, everything else has already been kind of done. Like everything else that I would have normally set here and sat, you know, everything else that I would have sat here and said, you know, a month ago, it's already been done. Barracuda's got a new coaching staff. Yeah. There's a new look down there, right? Like, and that's something I would have done too. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I thought you were mid-thought there. My bad. No, that's okay. I, I just, I was reading the chat. There's um Okay, so Denver Doyle saying, I was worried that Joe Will was too involved in the process. Would he hire a guy that he doesn't agree with? I think... Look, here's here's the problem with the San Jose Sharks, right? Is there he's he's the highest guy on the pecking order right now. So for him not to be involved in the process, like I think you'd want somebody to come in and like if I'm Joe Will and I don't want the big chair, then I want somebody who's going to come in who's going to challenge my ideas that are the status quo. Like if if you're not looking for someone to shake up the status quo, then why are you not taking over as GM, right? I would I think you know, um, look at if Joe Will wanted the job, I think it would be his. I don't think he wants a job. I think he wants a guy to sit in the big chair that he's going to answer to, or maybe he's going to go back and pay more attention to the Barracuda. I'm not sure, but to me, I think that I don't I don't get I don't get worried about him being in the in the selection process. I think that of a guy who knows the Sharks organization and knows, you know, has an idea. I think you want a guy who's going to come in and challenge those ideas though. Cause if you don't, then why didn't you just take the big chair yourself? Yeah. <sighs> Free agency is going to suck this year, Larry. There's nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there. <laughs> I, there's, there's very little there. Free agency. Like I wouldn't, I would, yeah, obviously, depending on how the the cane thing works out, you probably want to, you know, you're gonna want to spend that money. Um, I just, I don't think you're gonna, I don't think you're gonna get anything out of free agency. Um, that's gonna super be like, ooh, this is amazing. Um, I would be looking for, um, I'd be looking for like middle six in free agency. Kind of like last year where they went and got Nieto and yeah, except that actually get Cox. middle six guys, not bottom six guys you know and Benino yeah no I get you. you the Sharks currently have five million at the cap I mean if the Kane for some reason if the Kane um hearing goes in favor of Kane well then that's then that's a nightmare too and that's and then again because of the the cap commitments you have and if you have that kind of a penalty if you have some sort of penalty god hope it's not the full seven million sitting against your cap like right then you have to then there's no point building up while that's happening. You might as well, you might as well suck, accumulate draft capital, move some of these bigger contracts. Look, guys, like we're not getting back here before you're retiring. Right. Let's let's talk about getting you somewhere where we might get a return for you and rebuild some draft capital so that you can do, you know, uh, a a rebuild type situation where you can go back and be like, okay, especially especially if. Kane's money is going to just murder you against the cap because if Kane's money is murdering you against the cap like I don't know what happens when you have to re-sign Tim Meyer that's and that gets into all that for next season which is going to be interesting so 
a lot of fun speculation, a lot of uh, interesting things that are going to be coming down the road. But at first, let's enjoy, let's hope, a long, lengthy, multi-overtime game Stanley Cup final. Yeah, like the the, the the early part of this, like the early part of the plus overtimes like crazy. And now nothing. And we only, so yeah, let's, let's get some overtimes in here. I agree. And we only had like one multi overtime game, right? The triple OT one. Uh, Might the, be, the, yeah. the spicy pork and broccoli Louis Domingue game one. I believe so. I, that's that's no. We we gotta have more than that. Let's let's have let's have a classic Stanley Cup final. Like I said, it'd be amazing to have uh, a ratings boost for the NHL. So uh, with that, uh, in case you missed it or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Of course, smash that subscribe button and always available at tealtownusa.com. Of course, we wouldn't, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that AJ spoke to Drew Remenda. Uh, so you can check that on the on the um, YouTube channel. And, and finally, we finally got the, the Tamu Solani Mick Magoo story out of Remenda. I've been begging AJ to ask him for years to do that. So that one came out really good and it's hilarious. So, yeah. Also, if you ever wanted to uh, hear a Sharks podcast talk about a completely different team for almost an hour, um, yes! Black Steel Tinted Glasses uh, is also available. If you haven't checked that out yet, me, Jerk, and Lacey uh, looked into the uh, looked into what we thought might be next for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the next Steel Tinted Glasses will be soon. TM. I haven't set a date yet, but we have. Like I said, I've been working on like little show skeletons, so I have like a bunch of shows kind of ready to go. It's just an issue of making all our schedules align and getting on air so uh stay tuned for that uh soon i can't soon, wait trademark. of course i love it when you three t- guys talk hockey all the time and, and looking forward to it uh your final thoughts ian as we get out of here final thoughts um geez i don't know i mean i, I just hope it's a good series man yes. that's all i want i just i just want a good series because <laughs> every time i've been like oh man inject this series in my veins they've been kind of let downs uh so a good series hopefully the angry canadian bracket will prevail um <laughs> yeah i mean can't argue with that yeah. angry canadian bracket uh one series away, I think. I don't know if I can win it outright. I think there's another person who's tied with me, so it might come down to the tiebreaker. Um, or I'll lose if Tampa wins. So there you go. Gotcha. He's at Ian Blogs Hockey. I'm at PuckGuy14. Once again on the Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, shout out to our friends in Stockton. The magical run for the Stockton Heat comes to an end. It was a 3 nothing loss in Game 6 to, I believe, Stefan Nason and the Chicago Wolves. They advance to the Calder Cup final, and it ends a 17-year run uh, for the for uh, pro hockey in Stockton. Of course, started early on with the uh, Stockton Thunder and, of course, uh, with the AHL Heat. Of course, we, we'd be remiss if we don't remember the, uh, the epic five-game series between the Heat and the Barracuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Carpenter still has the duty of being the greatest, scoring the greatest goal in Barracuda history. Um, but it's sad to see uh, a NorCal rival leave. Of course, kind of understand with uh, Calgary, but um, 
all all to cheers to the uh stockton fans in there uh yeah it sucks it sucks losing your team man like i feel bad for the people in stockton um sucks sucks i feel for you in a a gorgeous arena it's like a mini staples up there in, in my mind so uh tons of love to stockton sharks kuda you know what to do i've told you about this many years go out there and expand your brand so for ian i'm eric thanks for watching keep an eye out for uh, another teal tinted class is coming up soon soon uh, uh, trademark stanley cup after dark anyone we'll just make sure you hit that subscribe button that notification bell until then thanks for watching keep it real keep it teal keep it real teal have a good night everyone